You're listening to The Right Process, a podcast in which one writer tells the story of crafting one work from concept to completion. I'm your host, Charlie Jensen. Hi, my name is Maria Cardenas, and I made a movie titled A Dark Foe. Maria Gabriela Cardenas is a 27-year-old director, producer, and writer from Caracas, Venezuela. Her directorial debut, A Dark Foe, a psychological thriller, garnered 20 awards and 16 nominations and was distributed by Vertical Entertainment. Cardenas has done a variety of music videos and short films, including the award-winning short, The Grand Guignol. At the age of 14, she already knew she wanted to become a film director and committed to several intensive film courses in Los Angeles. Later, she earned a bachelor's degree in filmmaking and a master's degree in producing. As a devoted fan of the film noir and thriller genres, Cardenas, along with her father, Oscar Cardenas, established a film production company, Path of Thorns Entertainment. In A Dark Foe, a guilt-ridden FBI agent, stranded in the painful memory of the abduction of his sister, suffers from a rare condition known as nyctophobia, an irrational fear of the dark, and will have to face off with the cunning serial killer who took her away. I got the idea of a dark foe thanks to my father. We usually worked together in previous projects, short films that I did in the past. One day after I graduated doing my BFA and masters, I felt that I was ready or I needed to do something bigger, you know, like a large, like a feature film. So we were bouncing ideas around when he told me this idea of an FBI agent who has a condition that he's afraid of the dark. I told him we have to do it. The whole process of having a production company with my father and working together as a team started because when I was little, my parents got divorced and I was about eight years old. And since then, I saw that my father had this love in movies. So in order to get closer to him, I started becoming obsessed with movies as well. And that was kind of like our activity, you know? to go to the movies. From there, I started watching so much movies and he saw that I love watching movies that he started showing me all this Hitchcock because he's a very Hitchcock fan and Billy Wilder. I think the first like filmmakers that he showed me and I got obsessed with. (laughs) And from there, he had such a passion for movies, but he married like very young to my mom. And because of that, he pursued another career because he wanted to be an actor or work in the movie industry. That didn't happen. So when I went to college, I decided I wanted to be a filmmaker because I love movies, you know, like I don't see myself doing anything else. That when it was my first project to do a short film, I instantly thought about my father. You know, my father has done so much for me. And he's like one of the most passionate people I know in this whole entire world. Like he puts so much effort in the things that he loves. That I thought it was a great opportunity to to start working together. And something that he left behind that it's still his dream. I came to LA. I told him, let's start working together. And since then... He hasn't stopped, like he loves the fact that I told him to start working with me. And I absolutely love it because we love the same kind of films and it's really important in this business to have someone like you do because that's how things are gonna turn out great, hopefully, you know, like obviously you never know how people are gonna perceive the movie, but as long as you put your whole heart and you believe in yourself and you have support, that's, I think, very important. 
back in 2015 is when we started this whole process developing the feature. It took us four years to make it happen, you know, and throughout those four years, he lives in Venezuela, so it's a little complicated, you know, so we were doing FaceTime every day for so many months. First, we were on a Google Doc, we were creating the story, so he mapped out the beginning of the story or what he had in mind, and then I commented on it, and then that's how we were doing it at first, and when we had time, because he works all day over there, and then he's like, at night, like, okay, now I can (laughs) talk. From there, we would like bounce ideas around, and that's how we came up with the whole idea, and then after that, We did the whole outline and the treatment the same way we were still in Google Doc. (laughs) And then we were ready to go on final draft. And when we were on final draft, it, it was kind of like the same thing. He worked five pages, then I checked them. I worked five pages and it was like that, you know, like for like, Three years, I would say. Three years of back and forth, editing. No, 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 we should take this out. We should cut this out. And we worked like that until pre-production, you know? Even on pre-production, we were still working on the screenplay. (laughs) The writing process, for me, I'm normally an early riser. So I love like waking up 6 a.m. and start to write because I feel like that's a moment where I'm not distracted by anything so it's either 6 a.m in the morning or it's 11 p.m at night 1 a.m that i'm like okay it's time to write what i do is get rid of my phone (laughs) that's the first thing i do and then after that i just try to get in in the zone by writing or seeing the scene that i'm working on literally just writing whatever comes to my head and then go from there, you know, and then I start trying to rewrite. Because there used to be a time I kind of had like a really bad relationship with writing because I used to stare at the page and it was blank. And I continued to look at it and it was blank, blank, blank. And I could spend like an hour or two and it was still blank. So after like listening to a lot of people, they started saying like, you just have to write, you know, but I was like, that's so easy to say. (laughs) (laughs) but I actually try to do that now like I don't get out of my chair if I don't write even like a word because even if I'm writing the most obvious on the nose things I don't care you know as long as I did something because then I feel better and I think that's how I always start my writing the first draft I don't want anyone to see it because it's like no no that cannot see the light of day ever But then it's a matter of going every day and just staring at your screen and thinking about your characters and your story and how appealing it can be and how you can dig deep and deep and deeper into the story until you feel it's good, you know? Because at some point you do have to stop. It, it was actually easier because when you're working with someone, it's so much better. You know, like you're, you're bouncing ideas and something that you could have spent hours on thinking about. Like maybe that person, in this case my father, like he had the idea right away or it was the opposite, you know. So that made it an easier process and faster. Normally from working alone sometimes by myself, it's like, no, <laughs> totally different. When we want feedback from other people, he loves to show, like most of my family, the screenplay and what we're working on, but I'm the opposite. I'm always like, don't, don't show. (laughs) It's so funny because I feel like family is very close to us. So at the end of the day, I feel like they're going to love what we write. 
some of my siblings had a great ideas they had great feedback and some points that were true but at the same time they're so close to us that I feel it's better to go to other writers or other filmmakers you know when it's story but sometimes it's good someone that's not so involved in story or in the filmmaking process and just as an audience member to read the screenplay so I, I guess it's both sides I feel like it's good to a to anyone to read the screenplay, but sometimes it's not the best when it's someone that close to you. For the editing part, when I read what he wrote, let's say two days, you know, that he wrote and I didn't see anything, it was good because then you have like this time to think or not think about the whole movie. And then when you see it, you see it with fresh eyes. So that's another good thing about working with someone else. You kind of take breaks and it's not like you're like 24-7 zoning on it you know like you're still thinking about it but it's not right there that's also one thing i liked because when i reread everything we were doing i could see things that i didn't see before what i found most challenging in the writing process was how to make it the most original it can be you know because there are so many movies out there and i'm such a fan of like thrillers and all these horror films I kind of wanted to do an homage in certain films that I love, but at the same time, I didn't want to be too zoning in those films. So people are like, oh, she's copying. Like, I don't want that, you know? We wanted this story to be as authentic and original as it could be. I think that's the most challenging, you know, what hasn't been done before. Especially because we're dealing with a guilt-ridden FBI agent, so it's like... We try to make this really original. To do the revision of our draft, basically trying to read it almost every day, you know, and see what can we do better, what's not there. So yeah, some, some days I focus on the dialogue, just the dialogue, you know, or how does this character speak, you know? And then the next day, I was more focused on like, are we showing, you know, or is it too much dialogue in this scene? Or are we, you know, the show don't tell thing, you know, like we want to show. So I did try to focus on that as well. Yeah, we went like that back and forth. It was mostly the dialogue and the characters. And also, I remember we had a draft, like our first draft was 113 pages. It's still a lot, but... <laughs> But we made it happen, you know, because we were like, okay, this is too many pages and we had 28 days to shoot, you know, so it's a lot of pages. <laughs> While we were writing it, I was also working on the pitch deck. The pitch deck is a tool that you use in order for you to sell your screenplay and for it to look appealing for people to want to read your screenplay. So what's on a pitch deck? You have to put what's your story about and you have to also convey the mood and the tone of what you're trying to do with this film. And for me, in this case, I really try to get across the thriller aspect. So I use movies I loved as examples. A lot of David Lynch or Darren Aronofsky references. So people knew what kind of people I like or, or what's the things I'm going for. You know, those are risky filmmakers and I'm also a risky filmmaker. And this movie has a lot of things that are jarring. And I wanted to get that across right away. And you want, when you're creating this piece, you really want to 
let people in your world of the screenplay, the, the thing that you've created for so long that you've worked so hard for. So you really have to put your heart and soul also on this deck, put all the characters and explain how they're gonna look and try to find other movies where you see characters that are kind of a bit similar and then you place them there. And from there you start little by little, like putting the stuff together in your pitch deck. And after that, you also have to put the vision. Sometimes it's the director's statement, but it could be the writer's statement as well on why are you making this film and why it's important. I think that's the most important part of the pitch deck. Why this movie? Why now? I showed my pitch deck to almost every single person that got attached first to the project, starting from Amy Williams to the casting director to even the actors, some of the actors on my pitch deck, because I really wanted to convey how this story was gonna translate. I wanted to let them know that they were also in good hands, the actors, and that I'm really passionate about the project and I, I wanted to make this story happen. So I think that's why it's such an important tool for you to have Oh, I also showed it to my cinematographer, my production designer, the people I was trying to get. So they get excited to see this world I'm creating just through pages, you know? When we were writing the screenplay, we wrote it because we wanted to shoot it, you know? So we were with the mindset that we have to make this movie happen. Because we had this mindset, we, we were always thinking on the budget and the characters and everything that has to go with the production process after, you know? We still got a little carried away with the locations, I must say. That's something I learned for my next movie, that too many locations is a bad idea. <laughs> that can increase the budget of your film. When you're looking at your screenplay, you really have to think about the logistics. Like, if you really want to make this movie happen, the easiest way is to have the least amount of places you need to shoot at. Because if you have too many places that you need to go to, that's gonna increase the budget and the time of your film. An example is you have to shoot in one day and you only have those two locations the same day and you need to go to those places the same day but you only have 12 hours. So that means you have six hours in one, six hours in the other one, but not really because you have one hour break of lunch and then it can take you one hour to drive to the other location. So you have to take all these things in consideration because you might not have the time to shoot the scene that you want to transmit that emotion or whatever you want from that scene might not be possible because instead of six hours, you got two. This is something I learned that it's insane. We tried thinking we could with this film, but we're still new in the film industry, you know? So like I knew how to do a short film and that's all I knew, you know? <laughs> but it's like more paperwork and more people. I had so many people on set, it was insane. Like a hundred plus crew, you know? It took us two years to realize that we had something good. And after those two years, we said it's time to be in the business side, you know? Let's try to work on our pitch deck and try to see who we can get attached to so we can really make this happen and get the financing. 
So as soon as we saw that the screenplay was ready to be seen by other people, not just us, I called this producer, Amy Williams. Back in 2015, I worked for her as a PA in a project in a feature film of hers. In 2018, I approached her and I told her about my film and she knew my work, all the short films I did in the past. She was on board and I feel like she helped me so much, you know. From there, she told me, yeah, I'm down. And after that, it became a reality instantly because we were able to get a casting director. And from her, we were able to get Graham Greene. He did Dances with Wolves attached to it and he became interested. She's the one that knew Selma Blair because she worked with her. And having those two actors, Julian Gonzalo, we had so many great people, Beverly Todd, you know, and that helped us like with the finance of the film. You know, little by little, we started getting the people and, and the project came a reality. So I was, I'm so grateful still today, you know, like I feel like it's still a dream or something. <laughs> From the pitch deck to the pre-production process. I think one of the most difficult parts for me in this process was that I originally had a cinematographer for my whole pre-production process, but then something got mixed up and he had to leave the pre-production. And four days before we started shooting, I had to find a new cinematographer. That was insane <laughs> because I had to tell him everything and all the looks and everything about the film in four days. So it was like the most intense four days I've ever had. <laughs> but it ended up being the greatest choice because my cinematographer, his name is John Aguirre Sarrobe. He is incredible. He has such a talented eye that it turned out well, you know, when we went to the principal photography part of the movie. The screenplay changed even the days in production. <laughs> what mostly changed about the screenplay after we started shooting was the dialogue. Nothing crazy about like taking off a scene or a location. It was mostly dialogue. That process happened on the dot, you know? <laughs> For example, there's one scene where we were shooting and we saw that one line was a little bit off and we told the actor to change it right away. And it turned out great. It's much better. We were really thankful that after so much preparation, we didn't have to do a lot of changes. You know, we spent several years writing the screenplay and what we worked so hard on, it's what you see now on the film. So I'm really grateful that the actors respected everything and understood what we were doing with the screenplay. And that's how it got executed. So the editing process, we hired an editor, her name is Dana. She did such an incredible job. She edited the whole film in six weeks. We did really an intense editing process with the movie. And after we finished editing the film with her, we thought we were done, but not really. <laughs> after that, it took us two more years on the editing part. Not a lot of the story changed during the editing. But what took us the longest was the visual effects. And also going back and forth because we wanted the story to move in a good pace because the first cut was definitely very long. We wanted the people to get attention in the movie and not get bored. So that was very important for us to have like a good pace throughout. We finished 
well we thought we finished that's so funny that we thought we finished editing those six weeks and then two years after that we continue editing until last year <laughs> from 2018 to 2020 and then it got released COVID definitely hit us when the making of this film because we thought we were set to finding a distributor but since COVID hit we were unable to really put our movie out there through the festivals. We were doing a festival and in April we were gonna go to the Beverly Hills Film Festival but then that April they cancelled it. We didn't know what to do so we started thinking, oh, should we do the virtual festivals? So we decided not to. And after that, we went back to the editing room to see if we could fix some other stuff. And we did. And while we were editing and trying to reach two distributors, one crazy thing was that a lot of distributors were telling us, oh, since studio films have no place to go because theaters are closed, that's like our main priority. So that put us on a hold for like six months until we were able to get distributor. It was okay because I'm really happy on how the movie turned out so so you know everything happens for a reason and that uh, we got distributed and that it got released in 2021 because you never know. My advice if you want to get your screenplay produced if you already have your film and everyone attached to it my advice would be to have the distributor or find a distributor right away the second you have your screenplay because that's gonna help you so much and your movie is gonna be seen by a lot of people if you have a distributor right away because for me it took a long time I think if you start looking for a distributor then you won't have to worry about it later and you also have like a secure date let's say or a secure person that you have to go to and a person that's really experienced with marketing and everything else that you need to do for distribution so my advice would be try to get a distributor right away on board for a writer creator to get a distributor i would say you would be mostly the producer you know you're the producer also of your project and you have to pitch yourself try to get this pitch deck ready and try to go to a distributor or a producer that knows a distributor and really try to sell your story so you can make it happen, you know? But you definitely have to put yourself out there and, and pitch your idea to people like that because I think that's where things are become a reality, you know? Because making it on your own is really hard too. Like, it's hard, but at the same time you have full ownership, so it's great. But if you want to do that, like try to find financers on your own and producers and everything. The second you, you start doing that, just make sure that you're also trying to look for a distributor the second you start pre-production. Before you reach out to anyone, to a distributor, you have to make sure that you have done stuff before in the past so they see that you, you've worked in the industry before and if not, you have to have a partner that has some industry recognition in order for, for you to reach out because if you reach out by yourself, they might tell you they only take solicited materials. So, so you have to really be careful with that because most of the people or distributors only take solicited materials. So you have to see how you can find someone that knows the person that you're trying to reach out 
And one of the ways, if you don't have an agent or a manager to find distribution, a great idea is also to go to the American film market where there's so many people, sales agents and distributors, they're looking for content. So that's how I got my movie seen by a lot of people. And one of my main distributor, Vertical Entertainment, was found through there too. You have to put your content out there, either your trailer, if you don't have the movie completed, or or even your screenplay. You could go to the American film market and try to find distribution that way with your screenplay. Or also going to try to submit your screenplay to festivals to in order to get recognition and representation or distribution. My advice to everyone is that there's this quote, which is from Black Swan. It's my favorite film. Well, I have many, but that's my favorite film. (laughs) And it says in one part that the only person standing in your way is you. And since I heard that, it's been like my motto, I guess, like how I live day by day, you know. The only person that's stopping you from getting anything you want in life is yourself. So just... Stop the demons in your head, in your mind, and just go for it, you know? Write the story that you want to write, but don't stop. Just continue believing yourself even the days that you that you hate yourself the most, you know? Just, this is a rough business, and uh, you just gotta fight and let the world see your story. Because we all have our own stories to tell, and don't let anybody stop you from that. The Right Process is hosted and curated by me, Charlie Jensen. This season was produced by Jamie Moss. The Writers Program offers courses, certificates, and services that help writers achieve their writing goals one page at a time. For more information, visit writers.uclaextension.edu.